Kyle, today I want to talk to you about a portion of the market that I think a lot of times gets focused on by people brand new in the business. I could argue that this may be the easiest set of consumers to target when you're joining real estate for the first time, but also a massive size of the market, whether you're a new agent or on a team or run a team that you can really focus and be better on. Today, I want to talk about strategies to help work help help realtors find and work with first time home buyers. Cool. Yeah, I love this topic. In my opinion, first time buyers are one of the biggest opportunities in the market right now because you don't have nearly as many move up buyers because of the interest rate situation. So a lot of your buyers today are first time home buyers um, that because they've gotten priced out of rentals or they've gotten sick of paying rent and they've decided they are ready to step into home ownership. And so I think that they're one of the biggest opportunities there are in today's market. Now, do you think there's more first-time home buyers now than there were a year ago? Or do you think there's let, just the market shrinking, but that... that the proportion of first-time buyers to total buyers is definitely higher today than it was a year ago. Cool. Well, introduce us and let's kick it off. All right. I will introduce us now, Brian. What up? Kyle Whistle with eXp Realty here in San Diego. My name is Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. Our goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you ever have a question, you want to have it answered on the podcast, you can always go to thewhistleway.com, thewhistleway.com. Um, not only can you ask us questions on there, you can also subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel. You can join our Facebook private group and our email newsletter. We share a lot of tips and tricks on there. And you can get onto our referral uh, network where we send a lot of referrals out. I, I probably get five or six referrals um, outbound every single week. And so I'm always looking for good agents to send those to around the globe. So uh, hit all that up at thewhistleway.com. You can also get dialed in with our video content creation course called the Media Mayor Mastermind. Very cool. All right. So I want to start this off first time home buyers. How do you as an agent find first time home buyers? Uh everywhere. Okay, step 2. Yeah. <laughs> How do you <laughs> <laughs> I mean they're literally everywhere, right? I mean the, if you think about the percentage of people that are owners versus renters, uh I don't know the statistics on this, but I would venture to guess there's more people in America that are renting than owning in, in the majority of markets out there. There's obviously going to be some unique markets where a lot of people own, but like New York City is probably far more rentals than, than owners there. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to vary market to market, but first time buyers are everywhere. They're, they're literally everywhere. If you want to think about like, where do you, how do you target them? I mean, there's a million ways you can target them. Um, you know, you could hit up renters. Like you could just target, maybe, you know, like we just went and had dinner recently at this restaurant um, that's part of a new d development and they did these apartments surrounding this thing. And I think it's like $4,500 a month for a two bedroom apartment. Like that might be a good place to target, right? Like okay. people who are paying 4,500 freaking dollars to live in an apartment. Yes. It's a very amenitized building and there's all kinds of cool stuff. You can walk to the mall. You can take a quick trolley ride to the stadium. There's shops, there's restaurants, there's bars, there's pools with water slides and, there's all kinds of cool stuff, but they're paying $4,500 a month to rent an apartment. Like maybe you want to target that, right? Mm -hmm. Those people are probably not going to stay there for a very long time. Um, and you'll find a lot of people, you know, as they grow 
um, and start to grow families. A lot of times people want to get out of that apartment life as well, or as they just get older, they just don't want people on top of them and below them and around them and beside them and, and everything else. And they want to get out of that apartment life. So, you know, you could very easily find apartment buildings like that, especially the ones that are absurdly priced. I don't know if those are in every market, but we certainly have them here in San Diego. And I'm trying to think of some strategies. And as you say that, my, my first head goes, my, my first thought goes to Facebook ads. What would I do? And very easily, I think you can target people living in a, here you can only do 15 mile radius because of uh, the laws, the privacy laws. I don't know if it's laws, but you know, it's because, because what Facebook says. interpretations of. Okay. Um, but you can standards. target renters. You can target people that had a life change that just had a baby or expecting a baby. Um, and you can also, you can't do net worth. You can't do gender. Um, I think, I think those are, are two options. Oh, and then I would also do interest as like Zillow.com. So they're currently renting. They're looking on Zillow. They just had a baby. And then I think where we're going with this is target them with something that they actually care about rather than like, do you know what your home is worth? Like, I don't own a home. That's not going to make sense. So what do you then target them with? I mean, you could also run a mail campaign, direct mail. I mean, they're sitting ducks. You know where they live. You could just run a direct mail campaign to the entire complex. You could look at partnering with the complex. Maybe they uh, allow you to present at meetings or maybe they have a board that you can put marketing materials on. Like there's there's things like that that you could do. Or a clubhouse um, that you can do like a clubhouse you could do a, a seminar at absolutely i wonder if they would be cool with that like hey can i get your renters to leave you yeah they might be a little weird about, <laughs> about that um you could also be very strategic in your sign placement i've talked about this uh with our team before like if, let's say there's a particular neighborhood that i want to farm now you can farm buyers or sellers people think you can only farm sellers you can farm buyers as well so let's say this particular complex it's in Mission Valley. Let's say I really want to farm this complex and I want to try to uh, find buyers out of this complex. I can have open houses anywhere in San Diego and I could put signs in front of this complex. There's no rule that I'm aware of that says if you put an open house sign up with an arrow pointing west that you're property has to be within a certain radius of that arrow. I'm not aware <laughs> Of any rule that says, are you aware of a rule that says, if you put a sign up for an open house, the house has to be within a mile? Like, is there a rule? I, I don't know of a rule. I'm not aware of a rule. Cal's going to have an open house 40 miles away. It's going to be in a different, it's going to be in a different county. West is west. Whether it be <laughs> a block, a mile, a zip code, a, so, who so cares? Well, there's no rule that says my open house has to be within a certain radius of a sign. So you do 20 signs in that area and then one sign on the freeway and then 30 more signs at the neighborhood 10 miles away all no, right i mean don't play by rules that don't exist i'm not aware of a rule that says i have to place my signs within a certain radius of the home maybe some some cities are you know have some ordinances that say that but i'm not aware of any at least not here in san diego i'm not mad at it yeah so if you want to target a certain area, so if, if I'm trying to target renters in a particular complex, I could do that. Or if I'm trying to target sellers, all right, we flip the script and I'm trying to target sellers in a certain neighborhood, there's no rule that says I can't put signs up in that neighborhood every weekend. 
with an arrow pointing in the direction of where my open house is. I feel like for Sky Ranch, there was one road in, it's one only road one road, out. so it's always down the hill. You, you should do it up the hill, and once you get to the very end, you have a U-turn, and then it goes all the way back down. I'm telling you, there's there's a realtor here in San Diego that I swear puts signs up on four consecutive corners, all turning right. <laughs> I don't know, for those of you guys that around. aren't really quick, that means you're just going to drive in circles over and over and over again. Hey, they're playing by that rules that don't me, exist. <laughs> That to me is different, right? Like, he's there. I don't even know if there is a house that's open. He's just driving people around in circles like a NASCAR race. (laughs) Turn right, turn right. Like, NASCAR's left. Ah, left, right. It depends on the course. There's road courses. Okay. Um, So people just drive around in freaking circles. All right. So, so I mean, that's one. The other one, which you started to lean into, is just running like we do these. We partner with one of our lenders locally that uh, they run a lot of social media ads and do. First-time homebuyer seminars, and, and it doesn't even have to be first-time homebuyers, but um, they're just general home buying seminars, and, and those tend to be really good because what you find is first-time buyers tend to move a little bit slower. They go through there's the um, ART acronym that our buddy Jesse at Call Action came up with, where initially people start out and they are aspirational, then they move into research, research. and then they move into transactional. So you'll find your first-time homebuyers especially start out in that um, aspirational phase a lot. And then, so you can kind of target them, get them excited about real estate. But then when they move to that research phase, those home buying seminars can be really handy. And so they run these and and we've done them at events, at locations, venues, that's where I was going with that at like a Dave and Buster's Buffalo Wild Wings, stuff like that, like kind of fun venues. We've even done them here at the office. Um, so just running seminars to draw people in, um, has been a really effective way. Just running ads out there and, and first-time buyers will latch onto that when they move from aspirational to research. And now they're like, hey, I want to actually learn this thing because first-time buyers haven't done this before. This is their first time around. They want to do a little research. And, and most of them have you know, done some searches on Google and YouTube and, and TikTok and all that stuff to like watch some basic videos. But at this point, when they're actually like, hey, I want to go like really learn this stuff, think about the quality of that lead that they've... One, they've registered for an event. It's like saw an ad, like, oh, yeah, that that's me, registered, then got in the car, drove to that location. Like, that's a quality lead. Like, I would argue that's a really good quality lead that, that's taken the time to do that. Way more than even an open house lead. Yeah. Way more. Because like that, that. Was, that was very targeted of like, come learn about what it's like to be a first-time homebuyer in the process and yada, yada. And what's great about first-time homebuyers is one... So the downside, yes, it takes a little longer for them, right? They've got the aspirational research transactional. And it's funny you mentioned TikTok and YouTube. In my own personal experience, uh, when I see things on TikTok, that's I, I'm in my aspirational phase. I want to learn a little bit about it. Sometimes I'll even search on TikTok just to kind of get a vibe for it. And I was talking to someone when I was looking to buy a car, and I was like, oh, I'm doing my TikTok research, keeping an eye out, seeing what they're doing. But I was like, I haven't done any of my YouTube research yet. I haven't done, and that's my research phase of like, okay, show me the 20 minute video that shows me how everything works. And then I'll watch like nine of those. But anyways, that's why I wanted to connect that. What kind of content would you create around, like talk to me about a funnel, an ideal funnel. We talk, and and we can include the the home buying seminars, but what, what does it look like? Well, is the goal to get them to come to this seminar? Or no, what, the goal is to get the, them to buy. The goal is to get them to buy. Yep. I, I don't know if you're going to find a better strategy than doing a homebuyer seminar, okay. especially because you get 
mass amounts of people into a room. Now, what is mass amounts? Five's mass. That's it's more than one. Um, could be fifty, right? Even it just one depends. is great. Again, look at the ROI. Depending, unless you spent thirty grand on ads and you got one, then maybe not so good. Yeah. So but, I think the the initial goal is to try to drive people to come to your home buying seminar, um, and you can do that with targeted ads. Is obviously a, a very that's kind of the quick way to do it is to like push your targeted ads, um, but that does cost you money. So that's an easy way to do it. It's more of the the check equity option. The sweat equity option would be things like door knocking a neighborhood and, and delivering invitations to come to a seminar. Like that's a way that doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, or YouTube, right? Like you talked about that or even creating TikTok content. Like um, the YouTube content, what I've seen is actually, I've seen somewhat of an inverse, at least, well, TikTok and Instagram are a little bit different. So what I see is that if you can create some long-form content on YouTube, people start to research like, buying a home for buying my first home or what, what things I need to know about buying a home and, and whatever. They start to research that and they get information, but then they decide, do they like this person? And then a lot of times what they'll do is they'll then follow that person on Insta and then they'll check this person out and see if this is somebody that they vibe with. Like, is this my, my person? I had somebody literally call me on Friday and the guy's like, you know what? I, I Googled, um, you know, top realtors in Carlsbad and you pulled up and then I went on your Instagram and I checked out some of your videos and like, you're my kind of guy. Like I find that a lot of people do that. Like people are searching out the agent that they're going to work with on social media. And they're actually like, they're going to go on there. They're going to look at your posts. They're going to look at your stories. Like be conscious of that. Y'all like people are going to look you up and they're going to see like, is this my dude, right? Like, is this, is Kyle, my dude? They're going to judge you based on what they see on there. So be very conscious of like, what is somebody going to find when they find your Instagram? Now, if they find your Instagram and you're, you're private, that's in my opinion, hurts you. Agree. You shouldn't have a private Instagram as a realtor. Like there's that saying, don't be a secret agent. Like what the hell are you hiding from? Like you shouldn't have to hide on there. You should understand that you're a business professional and social media is a huge tool in your tool chest that you should be using. So people should one, be able to find you easily. You shouldn't be at killer kitty 69, like get rid of that name that you had in high school. That's gone. Like be at Kyle whistle at Brian coach and make yourself very easy to find somebody lands there. Your profile photo is a clear photo of your face so they can connect the dots on it and then have it be very clear of like what you're all about. Like take the time to fill out your profile, make sure that your profile makes sense. Have a mix of like, not just real estate content, but human content. Um, so that it's, you don't just look like a real estate robot, like mix it up, show some personality and show who you are. If you have kids, if you have pets, like people love to see that stuff, it humanizes you. Um, so I think that people do that a lot. They start on like a YouTube video, they go to Insta and then on Insta is where you can also promote your upcoming events. So they, they started following you on, on YouTube and engaging in your content. And now they've come to your Insta and now they're like, okay, I like this guy. And then it's like, oh, look, this guy's doing a seminar. Like I should go to his seminar. Um, and so that's another way that you could kind of funnel people into there. Like I said, you, the, that doesn't cost money. Nor does like going out door knocking. Maybe okay, it costs a few bucks because you're gonna like print on paper um, to have something to invite people to. Um, but there's that. Then you could also go to companies. Like you could do some sweat equity and build relationships with companies. Maybe there's a new company that just you know a new startup in town, or um, you know you hear about some new company that relocated to San Diego. Like you could go build a relationship with their HR department and say like, hey, I know you guys have a lot of employees, you guys are hiring, and you're probably relocating some people from wherever you came from. 
I offer these home buying seminars, would it be okay if we maybe put that out there and to help some of your employees find homes here in San Diego? Like you could do that. There's so many ways, but I really think driving people to that home buyer seminar is key. I like that a lot. And I'm going to, I'm going to back us up a little bit and then move us forward. And so one of the things that I like, so yes, we, we talked about ads. Right, Paul I, want, Abdul. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know who she is, but uh, okay. So what I love a lot is creating series or, or on YouTube, it's different playlists. And so when I hear that, I say, okay, what, what can we see above that on the funnel? What's more top of funnel? And so what I would do is I would create a playlist um, on your YouTube channel that says, you know, first time home buyer tips. And you go to chat GPT and say, hey, I, I, you're a world-class realtor. You're targeting first time home buyers in San Diego. Give me a list of 30, 40, 20 video topic ideas that I can target first time home buyers. And then it's going to spit you out a list, then create those videos, right? Turn it into blogs for SEO. And so what you get some organic traffic, then you point them from there. If you're doing a, a home buying seminar in person, you can have the same URL. So seminar.kylewhistle.com, whatever. And that way you just update it each month. So you can always say, go to seminar.kylewhistle.com to see the next event. Or you can do a webinar where it is a recorded, we use uh, EverWebinar, where you can actually record it and they can go there and see the uh, a recording. So then you get them from top of funnel with ads, with door knocking, with social media content down to the home buying seminar. How do you get them even further down the funnel there? You talk to them, they say, yep, I'm interested. Cool, buy a house, buy. What, what's the next step? Yeah, I mean, so the next step is, is just, there's always a next step. And I yes. think that's the thing a lot of people miss is, they, they get happy that they um, had an appointment with somebody or they get happy somebody showed up to the event, but like now what? You should never leave an appointment or a meeting without an appointment or a meeting, right? Like you should always be next stepping. Like even if I, let's say I showed somebody properties today and like none of those were a fit, I shouldn't walk away from there and be like, all right, well, we'll keep an eye out for something new and, and when we do, we'll go see it. Like, no, hey, what's your schedule this weekend? Are you free on Saturday? Yeah, cool. Let's block off a couple hours on Saturday to go see some homes. What homes are we going to see? I will find some homes. It'll either be something that hits the market or I'm going to work my you know relationships and try to find you something off market. But let's block off two hours on Saturday. Because what I've found is it's way easier to cancel an appointment than to set an appointment. Wait, say that again. It's way easier to cancel an appointment than to set an appointment. So you as the agent canceling the appointment. Yes, on I would them. much rather have an appointment for Saturday at 10 o'clock and say, hey, you know what? I've looked, I've scoured, I've used every resource. I didn't see anything that's truly a fit. So we, we'll go ahead and hold off on that appointment today. But let's just book 10 o'clock next weekend and for that same time. And I'm sure we'll find something between now and then. So I'd much rather cancel or I'm not even really canceling. I'm rescheduling yep. that appointment um, than trying to, you know, let's say we met today and I'm like, all right, well, we'll see what else we find. And then something comes up on Thursday. Now I'm trying to call you. Hey, Brian, found something. Let's go see it. Like, that's harder. I'd rather have the appointment than trying to schedule that appointment. Yeah. And it's funny. I can always tell, like, as I get older and as things get busier, it's very clear when I talk to someone, if we're actually going to follow through on something. Perfect example is I was talking to someone at church and they're like, let's get lunch. I'm like, yeah, let's do it sometime. Thinking this is never going to happen. Yeah. And they pulled out their phone and said, uh, Wednesday or Thursday. And I go, oh, and with someone I genuinely wanted to have lunch with, but I just didn't I wasn't committed to do, oh, Thursday, and, and we got lunch. So yeah. that next step, and again, then I, I didn't want to cancel yeah. uh, as the, the consumer on this end. Um, 
So, okay, cool. So you, yeah. So now just to tie back into the event, like when that event is done, you should be scheduling a follow-up. So, um, what our guys do at the events is they're trying to get people to pre-qualify, like literally to get in line, to get pre-qualified or pre-approved for a mortgage to figure out like what that loan amount is and, or our agents are there, right? Our lenders and our agents, we partner and, and collaborate on this event. So we're, there's two next steps that we have available to us. And sometimes it's, we do the combo of both of them, but it's, let's get the buyer pre-qualified, figure out what the the best loan. We don't say like, I don't want to pre- get you pre-approved, pre-qualified to say, I want to help you explore your loan options to figure out which one is going to be best for you. Sounds way better. Like, let's see if we can get you pre-approved versus like, Hey, here's the bar. Like, yeah. Can you, can you measure up to my bar or not? Oh. Like, no, say let's explore your loan options and figure out which one is best for you. This is great. Um, so we have that and we also have the angle of let's go see some homes right? Like, or let's, let's do a consultation. Like there's so many different angles, but our agents are there trying to set the consult or the showings up and the lenders, they're trying to set up the, um, pre-approval process. Love that. So there's, that's always the next step, but we have different ways to go depending on where the person's at, because somebody might be there and be like, Oh yeah, I'm already pre-approved. Like I'm ready to go. I've been looking for a while. I'm just, you know, haven't been happy with my realtor. Great. Let's, let's get them out and let's go show them some homes. Right. Um, so it's, we have different ways to go. So we just got to figure out based on the situation that person's in, which one's going to be best for them. But the whole goal is to get that next appointment, not all right. Well, thanks for coming to the seminar. If you guys would like to schedule something, we'll send you an email after the event. And and then you can just let us know if you want to meet like, fuck that. Like, no, they're already there. Like, this is the mistake people make all the time. Like they're already there. You have a captive audience. Like do your job, right? Like get them to take that next step, set that appointment, right? There's got to be a follow-up like, all right, so if you're here and you're not sure which loan is going to be best for you or what the right price point is to target, let's meet, talk to Jacob and Jacob's going to get you all dialed in. Or if it's, Hey, if you're here and and you already, you know, talk to a lender and you've got a pre-approval nailed down and you're ready to go see some homes, let's talk to Brian over here. And Brian's going to get you set up with an appointment and go show you some homes this weekend. Like that's where we're going with it, right? We're trying, we got to get people to that next step. Yeah, and literally, you said this in a previous one about door knocking, pulling out your phone and saying, when works for you? Exactly what that person just did to you about lunch. Like, 100%. It's not like, if you, now you talk to somebody, and, and let's say somebody comes over to talk to Brian, like, yeah, Brian, I'd love to see some places. And Brian's like, okay, cool, I'll follow up with you tomorrow. Like, huh? Like, you're already in the conversation. What are, what are you going to try to chase them down tomorrow? It's the same thing about an appointment. Like, why, why do you want to go chase somebody? You already have them. Like, let's go. All right. Hey, mornings, afternoons, or weekends best for you? Oh, I really prefer mornings. Okay, great. I've got thir- you know Thursday morning or Saturday morning. Which one would you prefer? Boom, let's go. Like I'm literally pulling my phone out right there on the spot, and then I will start putting the appointment in there. Hey, what's the best email for you? Oh, well, I used it when I registered. That's cool. You gave me your AOL email. What's your real email? Boom. All right, and then they give you the phone number. Like, yeah, that's the throwaway phone number. What's the real phone number? Like, that's your the, Google Voice number. <laughs> yeah, like that's the rejection line. That was the, my my favorite ever. Was there? Do you remember uh-huh. the rejection line? Anytime if we ever had a listing expire, cancel, whatever, we would put that on there for the seller phone number because a lot of these systems, they, they scrape the MLS and grab the owner phone number. So we'd always switch the owner phone number to the rejection line. And then people would call like, you've been rejected. The person who gave you this phone number does not want to talk to you. That's <laughs> like, the best. I love that. that. Does that still exist? No, man. I've been trying. I found a Santa one. So I've been giving people Santa's number, but the All rejection right. line, I've, I've searched them there. If you know of a working rejection line phone number, shoot me a DM at Kyle Whistle. It sounds like something we it. should create. There's, Probably a reason they all get shut down though. Yeah. Because probably. the amount of phone calls. There's there's some reason. Cause there's I've found like 20 different numbers, none of them work. 
<laughs> Kyle's just fun. calling number after number, trying to get rejected. It's not happening. Bummer, dude. Yeah, I, I seek out rejection. I'm one of those weirdos. Um, all right, what else? let's do one more tip to for first time home. But let's talk a little bit, and I know we're running tight on time, but how do we talk differently to first time home buyers than we would? Like, what's some language we should use or avoid when we're talking to first-time home buyers? Yeah, so the, the biggest thing that I found, we've we got rid of the word appointment a long time ago. It's now called a strategy session. So one of the things that we'll say a lot of time with first-time home buyers is, "Hey, has anybody sat down to do a strategy session with you to go over how the home buying process works here in San Diego, right? Or has anyone sat down to do a strategy session with you to really get to understand your wants and needs so they can make sure." to go out there and find you the perfect home. Like those types of things um, are really effective, but typically your first time home buyer needs a little bit more explanation. They actually appreciate that you're willing to like slow down and sit down and educate them as opposed to just, you know, get them in the car like every other realtor wants to do. Because some people, they only have one gear. It's just go, it's forward. That's the only gear that they have. And sometimes you actually got to put it back in reverse and slow down a little bit and come pick them up before you bring them forward. Paul Abdul, two steps forward, one step back. Like, it's the whole thing. How does that song go? I'm is, not going to sing it. Is there a dance move to it? Oh, I'm yeah, sure there, there is. There is a dance move for sure. Do you know it? <laughs> oh, it's an animated cat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Tom knows this. <laughs> of course, a cat reference. He knows, he knows everything with cats. Um, so some, you got to slow down a little bit for a first time home buyer, right? Um, and they need that because they need to understand what's happening. And a lot of people don't take the time to educate them and help them understand what they're getting into. Everybody just wants to sell them. And so that's the biggest thing I found with first time homebuyers is the agent who's willing to take the time to meet them where they're at and slow it down, not just apply the same pressure they apply with everybody. You got to understand in sales that you have to adjust the level of pressure you apply based on the person that you're talking to and, and you're not going to apply the same type of pressure to a first time home buyer as you are the person who's bought and sold 15 homes already. I really love the strategy session versus appointment uh, terminology. I love the idea that we're next stepping them. I think uh, so many times it's like they get excited. Cool. I'll call you later. And it's, and it's not, it's so much easier to ignore a phone call or not respond to an email. Um, those are all good backup plans, but that should not be plan A or right. plan B. Yep. Um, very cool. And then I, I love doing the home buying seminar. Seminars are everything. Like just get in front of people. And if you can get groups of people in a room together, like that's amazing. And then there's like a different kind of energy that happens too when you get a group of people together. Um, they just, they feel less intimidated when it's not just them and people are like, oh, there's going to be other people there. Okay. That, that takes the load off a little bit as opposed to like having to sit down a closed door, just you and me talking like that's a little intimidating to people. So this, um, removes a little bit of that fear that buyers might have of having to sit down with somebody one-on-one. -on -one. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. Right. Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of that. If you did, if you're watching on YouTube, if you can hit the thumbs up button, let YouTube know that you enjoyed the show today. If you have a question, throw it in the comment section. And if you want more of our videos on YouTube, you can hit the subscribe button and the little notification bell to get notified when we drop new episodes. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, if you can make sure to hit the subscribe button on there and then also write a little review about your biggest takeaway from today's episode. Those reviews really go a long way to helping us grow the show. So it's it's greatly appreciated. And then before we wrap, I want to share a little something we call our whistle widget of the week. This is something we utilize in our business. It saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have a little more fun. Go for it.
this was an app that we've I've used in the past, and I think I've even uh, talked about it here. And then in a meeting that we had literally right before we filmed this podcast, I was like, damn, I should have used it here. It's an app called Fellow. Um, I don't know if it's fellow.com, fellow.ai, I don't know. But what it does is it's kind of like a, a to-do list that connects with your calendar, and it can follow your meetings as you go. So perfect example, and, and they have different sections. They have an action items and talking points. Perfect example of, of today where I wrote out the agenda. I shared the agenda with people. Um, fellow can share it automatically, which is really cool. But then I was like, oh, I want to make sure we talk about this next week. And I'm going to have to copy it and paste it and save it. And it's a lot more work. Fellow does it really easily. You do check boxes and it goes away. Um, really, really cool tech. Something I haven't dug into enough. But something if you're doing, especially recurring meetings, one-on-ones with your employees, uh, meetings with your vendors or your, your sales agents, whatever you're doing, if you have a recurring meeting, check out Fellow. Actually, I think it's fellow.app or... I don't know. I don't know what it is. Don't ask me. Type in Fellow... No, I don't know, whatever. Figure it out. But uh, Tom will put it in the show notes. I'll give him a link. But that's my widget of the week. Cool. Mine is just something if you really want to make sure to stay in touch with uh, people that are either most likely to do business with you or refer business to you, uh, both Instagram and Facebook have a feature called favorites on them. So um, after you add a friend on Facebook, you can hit the friends button again, and it will give you the option to add somebody as a favorite. There's a limit, 20, 30, 40, something like that people you can have saved as a favorite, but you can make it so that when your feed pulls up on Facebook, your favorites show up, any posts that they've made show up at the top. So you never miss a post by one of your favorites, which is really cool. So helps make sure that you can engage with those people. And then you can do the same thing on uh, Instagram. After you follow somebody, then you can uh, tap that again and you can save them as a favorite. And then on Instagram, you can load a feed of everybody or you could just load a feed of your favorites. And so now you could just see what your favorites are posting. Again, make sure you don't miss any of those magic moments in their lives and make sure that you stay engaged with them. I think you said Instagram on both of those. It's No, it's, Facebook is in the feed and it's at the top. Instagram is a totally separate feed. How do you f- see the separate feed? So tap the word Instagram in the top left corner. So when you just have your normal Instagram feed, mm. you tap the word Instagram and then it'll give you the option for following or favorites and so then you can just switch it to favorites and now you can see only your favorites which is really cool that makes sense why i see you and whistle realty group a lot (laughs) (laughs) cool well hopefully that helps guys and hopefully you got a lot of value out of the show today really appreciate you tuning in again i'm kyle whistle with exp realty in san diego i'm brian coaching see you guys next week